Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Hello and welcome to Beverage with an Expert. I have with me today uh, Bruce Killingly. Um, Bruce Killingly is uh, or runs his uh, own financial planning firm called Get Planning. G'day, hey, Bruce. Steve. Hey, mate. Yeah, how are you? Pretty well. That's good. Thank you for uh, agreeing to be one of the uh, experts that we get in to talk about specific topics. Um, Happy to talk anytime. Awesome. And I know that you're extremely uh, well versed in the topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is aged care financial mm. planning or mm. aged care advice. Um, I know a little bit about your history, but how would you like to tell our listeners about uh, just a little bit about your background, um, probably, uh, you know, more in this field of, of aged care advice. So, you know, how, how did you come across uh, that as a field of advice and, um, and what's drawn you to it? I think I was drawn into this area of advice largely by client need, having been around this financial planning space for, dare I say it, 30 odd years now. Um, it's a long time, Bruce. <laughs> my my grey hair shows that. Yeah. Um, many clients had this need within their families, and mm. it seemed to be a topic of conversation. So, you know, eight ten years ago, when it became more prevalent within the client base, um, I decided that it needed some serious investigation because it was a need that clients had out there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, well, it's, it's a growing area, isn't it, really? It's a, well, I guess in Australia and, and across the world, it's a growing uh, an ageing population. The demographics mm. all mm. show that. We don't need to tell the listeners about baby boomers and mm. what's happening mm. to uh, populations around the world. Australia is no different to other Western countries in the fact that our population is ageing. Mm. With the advances in healthcare, we're living longer and maybe whether that's um, uh, living with uh, um, all the health complaints that we have, which Mm. might mean that we need some sort of care in our latter years. Mm -hmm. So those sort of things are all upon us, yeah. Yeah. Um, And people are... My experience is that people are generally quite fearful around all the issues involved with Mm. with aged care and Mm. and what has to happen and what the processes are. And Mm. uh, and, uh, as with anything, the unknown is quite scary, isn't it? So It is. So I I guess you get a bit of satisfaction out of helping people just make sense of all that. It is. Mm. And honestly, quite uh, once you explore some options and the the actual facts around it rather Mm. than what might be recounted at a barbecue or Mm -hmm. a family dinner or at the pub or something when you're speaking to some friends about it when you actually get down to looking at what the reality is it's certainly i i I sometimes see a a physical uh removal of anxiety from clients when they get to that point (laughs) that's good we all need removal of anxiety from time to time don't we that's right um bruce just uh do you need qualifications to to sort of do what you do in this area um no Mm. there are certainly some specific training you can do with some different groups that offer it out there but by and large um just being a um a financial planner with Mm. um the generic 
qualifications for providing advice through an Australian financial services licensee yep. qualifies one to give that advice these yep. days. And then to give good advice on it, as you said, you, you do um, various, I guess, courses, for want of a better word, to, yeah. to, yeah. to school yourself up. Yeah. And, um, and 10 years of living through legislative mm. changes <laughs> and seeing how each different change of government mm. wants to reinvent the wheel for you. And looking forward to another 10 years of the same, I'm sure. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, okay, um, how, how do people find you? you I, I know that you have a, uh, a Facebook presence, uh, get, yep. get Planning. Yes. Um, you're working on your website. It's, um, it's a work in progress, but should be mm. available, you know, certainly in the early parts of next year. Yeah, and I know you get lots and lots of word of mouth inquiry, so, you know, for you, a website isn't actually that necessary. But, um, no. But, it, uh, listeners, if you if you want to uh, have a look at what, uh, you know, Bruce looks like and uh, and uh, and a little bit of his background information, you can go to the um, Steve May Financial Services website. You can. Um, and we have a page on there all about Bruce. <laughs> a very um, interesting page it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for giving us a rundown on you. Um, now... What are the main issues you think that uh, people uh, need to consider or are considering when they're, when they're looking at um, entering aged care or having a family member um, entering aged care or potentially entering mm. aged care? Yeah. More, more generally, it is certainly the younger generation that are looking at care for their elderly parents uh, and they are most generally concerned about ensuring that the latter years of their loved one's lives are spent in a safe, caring place. Yeah, yeah. So um, often the home, because of different health ailments, can't provide that, although within the system there is a home, home care packages that are available that do attempt to keep um, elderly people with health impairment in their home for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so, the first point of exploration ought to be probably those home care packages. Yeah, so it's not, it's not actually essential that someone enter an aged care home or facility. Um, not at all. That, that, that perhaps there's an option to stay at home for longer. There is. In a family home for longer. Mm-hmm. And all that the system currently does is, in effect, uh, provide a level of funding for where different people mm-hmm. are at. Okay. So one of the big issues that all families need to consider is the aged care assessment. And that's done through uh, medical means usually, Mm -hmm. the local GP, local area health services have aged care assessment teams that run appointments and people can actually assess their need from a medical point of view of either in-home care for however many hours a week is required, or if it ultimately means um, they need to change their residences and Mm -hmm. get into a facility that's providing that care Mm 24-7. So my understanding is there are different levels of of rating when it comes to that uh, aged care assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, So from um, the lower, poor terminology, but the the lowest level of care required Mm -hmm. through to a very high level of care Mm -hmm. that's required. Is that... Fair. Yeah, there are certainly the, these assessments that are done will provide an outcome along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, for entry to residential aged care these days, you in effect just need to be assessed as 
requiring eye care. Yeah, okay. Um, the other levels that you refer to, levels one through to four, are usually levels that determine what level of support a person can have in their own home. Okay. They impact yeah. the home care packages. Okay, all right. And generally a, a different number of hours or, or yep. types of services that would be provided. Indeed. Yeah. And the extent to which you can be supported by government on the, on the cost of those sort of um, services are determined by an income and assets test, even if you're not an mm-hmm. age pensioner. Okay. Common question that I get is um, who, which, which home or facility mm. would my parent or um, or friend go into? Yeah. How, how, how do people work that out? Because there are lots of them. Yeah, there are lots of them. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, uh, folk rely on a. They put a few filters on the on the tests that that they apply as to what facility will suit my loved one the best. Mm-hmm. Um, geography is a is yep. a pretty important one. Mm-hmm. Where can this relative be where I can actually still visit them in, mm-hmm. a, in a reasonable way without it taxing my yep. travelling time or that I've got available? Um, obviously, the quality of care that's provided by different facilities, and we'd be silly to say that all facilities offer the same level of care there are differences of course people are different yeah and that sort of qualitative filter that you might put over what sort of services or what what level of services a facility might provide mm-hmm. is basically you go out and you know put the leather on the road and actually mm-hmm go and see places, get your gut feel, if you like, for Mm. what what is happening in a facility. And most facilities in a pre-COVID and perhaps post-COVID world are happy to have you come and visit them and actually see what's going on in the place. And and that will give you some sort of um, idea about whether your loved one will be comfortable Mm -hmm. living in a spot like that. Yeah. So there's lots of terminology. Oh, sorry, Steve, I should mention there Mm. that there is a tool that's available Mm. on on the web for folk to make that initial type of um, inquiry about what facility is good. The government is running a website called My Aged Care. Okay. It's available to everyone. I'll, I'll put a link up in the um, in the notes to this episode so right. that people can follow that and, and have a look. Um, so that so that basically what is a, a listing of, of all aged care facilities throughout so, Australia. Mm-hmm. It has some explanations around um, how one enters these sorts of places. Um, some, it even does have um, an estimator on there about what sort of fees someone will pay once they enter residential aged mm-hmm. care. Okay. And um, all facilities are required to advertise things like their fees. So these things are readily accessible, along with uh, the types of places that different facilities might have available. Mm-hmm. One facility, for example, might be dementia-specific or have okay. dementia-specific places for um, for residences. And that's often important to folk that are suffering that type of condition. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of questions that I have, and I know I know my clients have, and you know we, we really have forty five minutes to an hour to run through this. So um, it's my usually my um, uh, 
modus <laughs> of operation to skip and change and, yeah. and float around a bit. Okay. So I try not to do that too much. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just, just had a question uh, that, that came into my mind. And we're probably skipping a bit here, but um, the common uh, perception mm-hmm. is that it costs a lot of money. Um, so you need to have a lot of money in your bank account mm-hmm. um, to be able to enter aged care. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Uh, to some extent, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you've got to remember is the government does uh, offer a safety net for all Australian residents and citizens. And um, there are there are fully supported places out there within these residential aged care facilities. Uh, what you've got to appreciate that is there's is often like with the public health system, uh, you might need to wait mm-hmm. a little time. Yep. You might not have, for example, the ability to choose between a variety of facilities. There, you may be in fact. Um, the choices might be very limited about what sort of facilities you choose to enter mm-hmm. uh, or place your loved one. But um, there is a government safety net. It means that no Australian citizen ought to be anxious about being able to access this type of care. Mm-hmm. Um, but like lots of things these days, there are other places out there where, yes, cost is determined uh, whether you can actually get into those places or not. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk then a little about costs, so okay. costs of care. Yep. Um, now, I hear lots of terminology and uh, I must admit that I, uh, and you know that I refer people to an expert if, uh, <laughs> if in fact they need this type of advice uh, yep. because, it, you know, it's an ever-changing thing. It is. Um, and so governments love acronyms, don't they? They do. RABS, um, mm-hmm. daily care fees, there are, other, there are others. Um, yes. Do you want to perhaps walk us through some of those important costs and terminologies? Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So we should say in the first instance that there is, for those that can afford to pay it, mm-hmm. an entry cost to residential aged care. Yep. This entry cost, um, under the current uh, rules for residential aged care is called a refundable accommodation deposit. A RAD. A RAD, indeed, mm-hmm. the acronym RAD. Um, and as the name suggests, it is a deposit and it is refundable mm-hmm. to the individual or to the estate in the event of death of a resident. Um, if you like, the RAD can be likened to the cost of putting a roof over your head in just in mm-hmm. normal life. Yep. Um, we need to pay for the capital cost of having something over, over our head. Um, now, as well as, well, for those that can't really uh, afford an advertised RAD and are assessed as being not requiring to pay a rad mm-hmm. there is a thing called a rack mm-hmm. and i'll i'll, I'll um, tell us what that is please Bruce. that is in fact mm-hmm. a refundable accommodation contribution mm-hmm. and this is what an individual might be assessed as needing to pay toward the cost of their mm-hmm. their um, accommodation or the roof over their head yep it's 
as you might guess, it's it's means tested. So those that have um, less pay less. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, if you are what we call a low means resident, so someone who is assessed as having low means, um, the rack is zero. So mm-hmm. we're not paying anything for that. And this is what okay. I meant previously yeah. by that safety net out yeah, there okay. for mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. Um, so getting away from those upfront costs, mm-hmm. uh, the, the other acronyms uh, folk might come across are um, DAPS, a DAP, or mm-hmm. un, unbuilding that. That's a daily accommodation payment. Mm-hmm. Now, the daily accommodation payment is in fact one method of actually paying the RAD, if I can refer to okay. that. So I did have a question, was does the RAD or the RAC have to be paid as one big lump sum? Mm, no, uh, so, yeah. so having decided mm. on the amount that it's going to cost us to move into one of these places, we then get some options about how we choose to pay it. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, you can pay the full amount up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can pay part of that amount that the, the facility is advertising. Or you can pay none of the amount. <laughs> yeah. Those last two options where you pay some or none of that lump sum amount come with some repercussions about our daily fees because mm-hmm. we now have to, rather than paying a lump sum, we mm-hmm. now pay these amounts on an ongoing basis. Sort of paying it off. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that well, right, sort of? Well, let, let's use the word renting rather. Renting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, folk yeah, might yeah. sort of rent a place there yeah. rather than yeah. um, paying it off mm-hmm. um, because none of the DAP mm-hmm. or, in fact, a thing called a DAC, mm-hmm. which is the daily accommodation contribution, mm-hmm. um, neither of these two types of payments uh, are, in fact, refundable, as okay. the name, name might suggest. So okay. I liken it to... Yeah, a couple that might want to buy their home or rent a home. Yeah, um, okay. we appreciate that if you choose to rent a home for a period of time, you're not going to get any of that rent back when you move away. Mm-hmm. And it's similar with these two costs. Okay. Yep. But I should mention that the DAP and DAC um, are calculated on a as in effect those rent payments are calculated as an interest rate on whatever amount of rad you've been unable to pay. Okay. So there is a set government interest rate out there, currently about 4.1%. And that's applied to the amount of that large upfront cost that you haven't paid the facility. And that will be collected every month as a daily Mm -hmm. amount. Okay. And does a facility or a home... um, have the ability to insist on a lump sum amount at the start? Under legislation, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you see most contracts that facilities offer a mm-hmm. resident, mm-hmm. you will see that these options about how the RAD is paid mm-hmm. is disclosed in that contract. Okay. Yep. And you get to make some choices. Mm-hmm. Having made the choice to pay a RAD in full, mm-hmm. That's usually irreversible. You can't go back and get any of that back until the day you leave that facility. Okay. If you use the other options where you pay part or none of the RAD, Mm -hmm. that leaves the door open to, in fact, if your financial situation changes Mm -hmm. whilst you're in care, you can actually 
pay something towards the, that initial RAD. Mm -hmm. Thus reducing the amount of your DAP. The interest payment. Gee, you're catching yeah, up, Steve. Yeah. Well done. Um, slow, but uh, I do catch <laughs> on eventually. <laughs> okay, good. yeah, so there, there are, I guess, well, there are different ways that you can pay those initial fees. Yes. And I guess there are different strategic advantages to doing things different ways. Yeah. There are. Mm -hmm. But suffice it to say, where my experience is that those that are in the position to pay that upfront cost mm -hmm. are better off doing so yep. where they're able to. Mm -hmm. You've got to appreciate that if it's costing you, in effect, 4.1% out mm -hmm. there at the moment, yep. it's hard to get that sort of rate of return mm -hmm. on yes. any other investment or guaranteed type of return that you mm -hmm. can get out there at the moment. Yeah. Could it be that it, it, it would be an option to pay the DAP um, if you're waiting for an asset to be sold or, or, or something so that you could pay the lump sum eventually? Is Absolutely. That, yeah, is Absolutely, that, yes. Is that where yeah. it could come into play? That's yeah. right. And, you know, mm. Other inheritances that might be received, I've had that situation happen for folk that are in care mm -hmm. and that's provided the funds that has been very easy then to pay the balance of the RAD mm -hmm. and in effect remove those daily mm -hmm. payments for accommodation altogether. Yeah. So we know that the DAP is, uh, is basically rent. Yes, okay? exactly. Um, in layman's terms here. And the daily accommodation cost, contribution. DAC, contribution, DAC, how is that calculated? Similar okay. way. Mm -hmm. um, there is a notional lump sum cost calculated mm -hmm. when a low means resident enters care. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and uh, the that interest rate is applied to that notional lump okay. sum cost. Okay. What other terminology and uh, hard to understand things are there happening in, in the, the aged care mm. area? Well, I guess it then boils down to, uh, we've only talked about one type of fee that mm. um, residents pay, and that's the initial cost of getting the residence established, mm -hmm. getting yep. that roof over your head, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Then we've got to think about paying for the care that's provided by a facility mm -hmm. like that. Now, um, um, that is the, um, the standard daily fee. Mm -hmm. um, that is mandated by government mm -hmm. uh, and it's mandated to be calculated as 85% of the single rate age pension. Okay. Again, mm -hmm. a reference to the fact that this system will support um, those with low means that, mm -hmm. that are entirely reliant on the age pension in Australia for their income. Yep. So, and that is that is then transferred back into a daily amount, approximately mm -hmm. fifty-two dollars a day, mm -hmm. and that fee is paid by all residents in these facilities. Okay, regardless of the cost of entry or how they've um, how exactly. they funded that. Yep. Okay. Now, some facilities, because they offer a variety of services to their residents, have applied to the government to have the status of extra service facility. Mm -hmm. So they're providing something over and above what a facility might be required to provide in this situation. Um, these facilities that are assessed as extra service facilities can actually charge mm -hmm. a fee for that extra service. And just on that, 
um, if you go into that type of facility, do you have to engage with the extra service uh, generally? Generally, it would be fair to say most facilities that are assessed as extra care facilities mm -hmm. and have an extra service daily fee for mm -hmm. that service would require you to participate yep. in that service that they're providing. That gets back to you know, choosing and understanding the type of care that, that exactly. will be provided. Yep. Back to that first step mm -hmm. of understanding what facilities are out there, what are close to you, what have the best uh, care you perceive for your relatives and the services that they're providing things like perhaps you know hairdressing services okay. um, podiatry services that might be in-house um, perhaps a facility might have a u-butte kitchen mm -hmm. and and offer a, a menu uh, service perhaps with with other add-ons like alcohol with meals which mm -hmm. not is not required out there um, in the general space Okay, is there a filter on the on the website? Because that's the one I want to go into. No, you'll have to do. Someone will have to do the legwork for okay, you, Steve, right, to okay. find those places. I'll, I'll pay you a fee yeah. to do that, Bruce. <laughs> so, so, so all punters are paying for that um, for that care that they receive in residential. It mm -hmm. should be noted that the cost of that care is significantly more than what. $52 a day or 85% mm -hmm. of the age pension amounts to. Yeah. And government is subsidising those places considerably. Yeah. And I guess that partially explains why there's um, a push or a move towards keeping people in the, in the homes as Indeed. well. Um, because Indeed. Because I'm guessing it's probably less expensive um, to fund a person to stay in their own home than it is to fund them to be in a residential aged care facility. I believe so. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so, so they're two of the types of fees that I mm -hmm. talk to folk about. Mm -hmm. There is a third type. Yeah. And this is the one that causes, when we do explore this one, it causes some level of anxiety mm -hmm. with potential residents because this is a thing called the means-tested fee. Mm -hmm. And I guess we appreciate that the way things have moved over the recent years we are probably getting closer to a user pays system yep. where those of us that are able to seem to have an obligation to pay for the services that we're receiving so there is a separate assessment uh, carried out when one enters residential aged care called an asset assessment for residential aged care purposes mm -hmm. and this very much like recipients of the Centrelink age pension would be accustomed to having their assets assessed to see what level of age pension income support they should receive mm -hmm. or would receive. Um, this assesses what level these residents ought to contribute to for their care. Over and above the daily care yep. fee. Yep. And mm -hmm over and above having paid for the roof over their head yes, as well. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how much of an impact does that, that make? Obviously mm. it varies from person to person, but um, mm. yeah, how, yeah, what's the maximum? And, yeah. Yeah. So the maximum, yeah. so that's a good place to start uh, because it's important for people to know that there are some caps on these amounts. Mm -hmm. There are annual caps and in fact lifetime caps. So mm -hmm. we should be confident that if a relative is entering care, we know on the day they enter 
what is the lifetime amount they could be asked to pay for this means-tested fee. Okay, yep. Now, in terms of a daily amount, uh, the, the current daily limits can approach $200 a day. Wow. A lot mm-hmm. of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in fact, if residents are not obligated to request this asset assessment for residential aged care, they can just pay the maximum amount and, okay. and mm-hmm. not have to worry about the paperwork. Yep. If they want some relief from that sort of daily figure, mm-hmm. um, they will need to complete this asset assessment mm-hmm. uh, through Centrelink and the Department of Human Services. So, having decided what is a daily amount, there is then an annual amount that uh, a resident can be asked to pay. Mm -hmm. That amount currently is $26-odd thousand, or $26,000 plus some hundreds of dollars we could... Um, again, there's a probably a, that My Aged Care website that we referred to earlier can uh, give you those annual caps. Mm-hmm. And if a resident were to reach that sort of expenditure or that amount on their means-tested fee in a year, mm-hmm. their means-tested daily fee would stop okay. for the balance of the year. So if someone were paying the $200 a day, yep. um, as soon as it reached the cap for the year, mm-hmm. it would then stop for the stop. year. Yep. Yep. That's then as much re- as they're going to pay on that fee for that year. Yep. Then recommence the following year. On the anniversary of their mm-hmm. residency in that facility. Okay. Yeah. And then a further cap mm-hmm. is what we call a lifetime cap. Yep. So uh, that lifetime cap is approximately $63,000, again referred to in, on the My Age Care website. Mm-hmm. And someone who either might be in residential aged care for quite a number of years or someone paying close to the maximum amount mm-hmm. could p- potentially reach that lifetime cap in maybe the third or fourth year of residency in a facility. Yep. And again... And then it's no longer required from no that point. It's no longer required after that mm-hmm. point. So that gives that gives folk um, comfort that, yes, okay, because mm-hmm. we're well off, there is an amount we've got to contribute mm-hmm. to our care, but it's not open-ended. Yep. It's set an amount, and even if you want to set that total amount aside when mm. someone first enters care and say yeah. that's what we've got to pay over yep. these as a maximum amount mm. you know that that fee will always be mm. there to be paid so does everyone in care have to pay a means tested fee if they choose not to mm. complete the asset okay. assessment yeah. yes yeah. but those with modest assets will not have to pay a means tested fee mm-hmm. Um, it's quite, I see quite regularly, means-tested fees in the range of 2 to $20 a mm-hmm. day for folk retiring on, on average sort of assets okay. in retirement. Right. So it isn't as though every, the majority of people will be asked to pay $200 a day. No, the majority that. will pay potentially far less than that. Yeah. Far less. Yeah, okay. Well, mm. there's a lot to it. There, there is a bit to do. And, <laughs> yeah. and of course... Um, we are in a position to be able to look through a client's asset position mm-hmm. and and give them the heads up prior to moving into care what this means tested fee mm-hmm. um, is likely to be okay. because that is one of the, the big variables, I guess. I'll talk to you a little bit later about how um, 
how you can perhaps um, improve the outcome uh, mm-hmm. potentially for someone entering mm-hmm. aged care. Uh, but another question that I'm often asked is, you know, uh, or told, in fact, is that the family home has to be sold to be, for a person to be able to um, enter mm-hmm. aged care. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, no, there's no mm-hmm. obligation to dispose of the family home at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and how how the home is actually treated uh, could be the um, subject of a whole podcast in mm-hmm. itself. Well, so maybe, we, maybe we'll do another. Well, one. Maybe <laughs> another. One. Keep this to a couple of minutes, will you? Okay. Yeah, I'll try and I'll try and do that. So the variables are, along these lines are: um, is the home will the home be occupied by your spouse mm-hmm. after an individual moves into care? Yeah. Uh, will the home be occupied by a carer? Mm-hmm. That carer may be a family member who has provided care for a number of years. There are a variety of people here who are classed as what we call protected persons. Mm-hmm. And if there are protected persons or spouses in an individual situation, then it's likely that the home will remain exempt even from asset assessment. Okay. So, um, again, um, the the facility that one wants to enter may insist on their advertised RAD being paid mm-hmm. as the cost of entry. Yep. And um, and it is up to the individual to decide if the sale of the home is in fact required to assist in meeting that cost. Yes. Okay. Mm. Um, and. Potentially, then I'm, I'm guessing here, and you'll you'll tell me whether I'm right or wrong. Um, strategically, you could look at um, you know maybe having the family home held to remove it from the assets test. So, yes, so, yeah. so that means tested fee is lower potentially. Is potentially, that, so mm-hmm. there is a capped value mm-hmm. on the value of home if it is to be assessed for mm-hmm. the means tested fee. Okay. Another little interesting point that we didn't quite cover on that means-tested fee is, sadly, the amount that you pay towards your RAD, that lump sum payment... That counts too, doesn't it? ...is included oh. in the in the assets for the means-tested fee as well. Okay. So uh, even though you no longer have access to it and yeah. it's not earning you any, hmm. any monies while it's in there. Um, but, yes, so... What, and this will come down to another issue which we may get time to explore today is about how we keep, if it's important to keep the home, mm-hmm. out of that asset assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, um, if you decide to keep the home and perhaps you're in a situation where uh, folk can rent the home out to assist them in... Um, uh, in meeting the ongoing mm-hmm. costs of care, um, you know, we get a level of exemption for a couple of years okay. um, on the capital value of the home, but not the, uh, the not on the rent itself, okay. not on the income. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it can can get quite complicated, I guess. You know, and everyone's different. Everyone's right? different. Yeah, yeah. family yeah. members um, have different views about what they would like to happen with the home. Mm-hmm. Often it's a very emotional thing because, well, the whole move to residential aged care, as you can imagine, is an incredibly uh, emotional thing for residents to deal with. Mm. Often families make a call to keep the home just to, in effect, soften that 
impact of an individual needing to go into care, mm-hmm. in effect, to have an escape back to home if that were ever required. Yeah. Um, financially speaking, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to maintain the home. Mm-hmm. Um, but disposing of the home and realising cash, whilst that might assist someone in... Um, in meeting their upfront RAD costs if they haven't already done so, it will have uh, implications for uh, entitlements that they might be receiving through Centrelink income support payments mm-hmm. in the form of age pension. Okay, so they're intertwined, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yes, and age pension rules don't always apply to means tested fees in residential aged care. There are some subtle differences there. Mm-hmm. So as part of your job to help, you know, try to maximise Centrelink age pension entitlements and minimise um, aged care costs, is that, is that what you try to do? <laughs> well, it's... Fin- I, on the financial side of things. Yeah, yeah. on the financial... Mm. Because what I find, my experience is that the questions that people come to me and ask generally come down to a question of cash flow. Mm-hmm. How can we afford to keep mum or dad or Auntie Mary mm-hmm. in care with these daily costs. Yep. So the question is, how do we best meet the cash flow needs of the individual? Mm-hmm. Much like you, in fact, you might be dealing with in standard financial planning when you're mm-hmm. talking about moving into retirement. Yep. How yep. do we deal with yep. our income needs? Um, yeah. We've in, no, in, no longer got an employer paying us a wage. Indeed. How do we actually fund mm-hmm. our cost of living? Yeah. yeah. So around the decisions on maximising income, Mm -hmm. minimising costs and taxation implications, it comes to the core of what the sort of advice we provide when it comes to managing your finances when residential aged care is what's in front of people. Mm. There's two pieces to it really. There's there's, there's a piece around, you know, hey, where should we uh, seek care and um, and how should we negotiate or what what is the cost going to be to get Mm -hmm. into care? But then there's also... How do you manage the money? As you said, how do you manage the cash flow? Um, yeah. And that and that's a key piece of the work that you do too, isn't it? It is absolutely mm. key piece. Mm. Often, what's not explored by people is one the ability to, in fact, and I'll get into acronyms here again, mm-hmm. yep. but uh, pay a DAP, for example, from the partly paid RAD that yeah. a resident may have initially mm-hmm. paid to a facility. Okay. That often helps the cash flow Mm -hmm. situation for a resident um, on their initial move into residential aged care. Okay. And the point was that people are unaware that these sorts of things can be done. Uh Yeah. 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 Um, So it does make good sense uh, to seek qualified advice in these areas. So the Mm. advice is all about exploring the options that are Mm. available to Mm. people Mm. when they move into care. as you say, do we? Is it a requirement that we sell home, or you know, can mm. we keep it for whatever reason that we cho- are choosing to keep it? And in light of that, how do we then meet the costs of care mm. on a daily basis? Are there any types of investments or investment structures that are more beneficial than others mm. um, when it comes to investing money at, at, in that stage of life? Mm. Uh, well, there's the the, the, the old. A tax chestnut of um, superannuation mm-hmm. given um, tax-free investment returns. Yep. But often, um, 
we're finding that people are needing to uh, redeem their superannuation monies in yep. order to meet their upfront costs of care, which mm-hmm. is an entirely reasonable thing to do. Yep. But for example, one mistake might be to go and redeem a nice tax-free investment like superannuation to pay an upfront cost mm-hmm. while planning still to sell home mm-hmm. and then attempting to invest those monies from the sale of home yep. now in a taxed environment. Because the money can't be gotten into super. Yeah. yeah. yeah Although okay. keeping in mind mm-hmm. that we do now have some downsizing rules about yes. superannuation contributions, which can, mm-hmm. again, one of the little things that can assist people in um, mm-hmm planning their finances when this move comes. Mm -hmm. There are, however, just coming back to your original question, there are actually financial products that are designed to give folk a better outcome in residential aged care. There there are a couple of product providers out there that do these things and exploring the options that these products give residents in care is part of what we do. Yeah. So again, they're, they're products that the average person just wouldn't know about. Not unless they've done, mm. you know, they've mm. done a lot of research into mm. these things themselves. Mm. And, and obviously, people can dive in and do that research themselves. Yep. But one way of seeing what the overall global situation might be is to engage someone like myself to actually have a look at that for them in mm-hmm. the first instance. Then they can do their due diligence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> There are any other tips and traps that uh, you can mention? And I know that you know we've we've been running for you know forty minutes now, oh, okay. and um, we could probably run for another ten hours. Mm. Um, we don't want to do that. Um, nope. <laughs> um, and it, it always seems with our beverage with an expert episodes that we're just running quickly and, and glossing over things. But mm. is there any any tips and traps um, that we haven't mentioned, or things that you think are important for people to consider um, when they're making these types of decisions? Yeah. Um, I would come back to a couple of things. The first main issue is that you must be content with your decision about going to residential aged care and the facility you've chosen to provide that care. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you, you must be sure that your loved one is going to get the care they require mm-hmm. and is going to live the latter years of their life in a fashion that you would like them to live those Mm. years. Um, Secondly, the main financial planning issue is about a resident's cash flow. Mm. How do we best meet the standard fees that are out there or in fact the the fees that are variable out there as well? Mm -hmm. I would however mention that there can be, and I have seen some quite catastrophic outcomes in, when people um, don't understand, for example, the Centrelink implications of moving into care. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, errors can be made in restructuring finances, uh, not having in mind all of the Centrelink rules that might apply to eligibility for age pension. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a few key factors there to, to understand. Um, I, I like the fact that you, you put as point number one that um, it's about the quality of care, of care making sure that uh, you and your loved one are going uh, somewhere where uh, they're going to be, be safe and cared for and, yep. and happy, you know, yep. I guess. And a place that you know, we can get access to to mm. visit when, we, when mm-hmm. we want, as often as we want and as easily as we want. Mm. Mm. 
So there has been a whole lot covered there, um, <laughs> and we've covered it pretty quickly. I know it hasn't has never does it justice. Um, Family just, conferences often take a lot longer than this, <laughs> Steve, to work through. <laughs> sure they do. Um, now, if someone were to want to talk to you about, you know, options. Um, do you, I'm guessing, you know, you're a professional, you'd um, you know, charge a fee for a meeting to, to, you know, get things out on the table and just talk about potential issues. Mm. Um, unless you want to, um, I'm not going to ask you what that fee is for the, the initial meeting, um, but I'm, I'm sure that you disclose it and talk to a Absolutely. person before you have that meeting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, often for a discovery meeting with an individual, um, it's been the habit um of financial planners not to charge mm -hmm. for that type of meeting. However, in residential aged care, a lot of these meetings end up being in effect a family conference because there are yeah. many family members who yeah. have interested parties in this. They all want to make sure that the care is right and mm -hmm. they all want to understand the financial implications of this move that's being made. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they prefer to hear it from the horse's mouth rather than hearing it from the one individual who attended the meeting and is attempting to relate maybe an hour and a half's discussion around mm. issues um, to other family members. So we, we, we invite as many family members as they think it's appropriate to mm -hmm. sort of be around the table when we talk through these things. Yeah. And so, yes, there is... There is a fee for that for that meeting, mm -hmm. and we would if someone was interested in or needed uh, uh, to undertake a meeting like that, we'd let them know mm -hmm. um, up front on the on the complexity of what mm -hmm. the individual has uh, about what um, that fee what might fee, be. Fee but it will be time based, rather, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. on on how much yeah. time the, the meeting has taken. So it's not going to be a thou thousands of dollars for a meeting. Not um, at all. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, you know, I, I know roughly what the fee is, but uh, what I can say is that it's money well spent to be able to, you know, facilitate, get everyone on the same page and understand what the options are and, and what needs to be considered because, as, as I've said, every individual is different when it comes to anything and especially including aged care. Exactly. Well, Bruce, that'll uh, pull us up for today. Thank you very much for joining yeah, me for a, a beverage. Pleasure, um, yeah. It's been great to have a chat. Um, hopefully our listeners get a bit out of that. And uh, I'll put your contact details, of course, um, up on, uh, on the show notes. Um, and until next time, we'll probably have another um, beverage with an expert with you because there's a bit more to talk about, I think. We can certainly um, do a deep dive into some of those issues. We can. So, and we'll be guided by uh, some of our listener questions and, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and feedback as well. Thanks again, Bruce. It's been a pleasure. Good on you, Steve. Talk next time. Okay, take care.